0: Hello, and welcome to the 1L2N Podcast. I am Amy, and we are joined by some very fun people today. Missy? Hello. Mike? Hello. Tommy? Hi. And our funnest guest, Liam. Yo. We are a family of creatives going through the story writing process, and we're bringing you along for all of our shenanigans hello everyone how are you doing today i can speak words real well
1: i think amy has a lot of connectivity issues (laughs) (laughs) from brain to mouth yeah server is not responding
2: i don't know if the server was ever brought online in the first place how
1: (laughs) dare you (laughs) i am doing well that's it that's my update
0: (laughs) i got some cool new gamer lights and they can change colors, so yeah. that's fun, and that's, that's my update, so that means I'm doing well.
3: What colors do you have them on now?
0: Uh, they're just white, so that it'd be easier for you to see me. I guess I could go, you know, <laughs> red.
1: This <Death> lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I figured, you know, it'd just be easier to lighten and brighten the whole whole area.
1: Is, is that more of a uh, bluish white, you know, or is it natural white? Do you have a I, natural white setting? Um, like natural light?
0: I mean, I maybe that this is like the natural light. Maybe this is like yeah, yellow. Yeah.
1: more But sunlight. I like my yeah. eyeballs to be outdoor
0: burned light. a little bit. So you know,
3: <laughs> Liam and I fine tuned a setting with mine on my wall. That was a it was red alert, red alert, and it was one going really slow red, and it was fading in and out and in and out, and then one that was flashing super fast white. It, it was perfect. Set the vibe for. <laughs> Any seizure I wanted to have.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anytime mom and dad came into your room.
3: Yeah. Hit the red alert right away. (laughs) And they (laughs) would walk right out.
0: wire it up so that as they're walking down the hallway, it just happens. (laughs) (laughs) Proximity. Yeah. Uh,
3: That's good. Just so you know ahead of time. Well, I'm also doing pretty good. Mike and I have been working really hard on the cursing tree. And it's honestly a lot of fun. It has been a blast. And it's getting there. It is getting there. A product is actually being made.
1: And I think it might be a good one, too.
3: hmm
1: no, I I'm love the sure confidence, Mike. Gonna be, <laughs> no, it's it's going to be awesome. So I hope people enjoy it when they finally listen to it. Yeah. It is a joy for me to listen to, but that's because I'm a narcissist and I like hearing stuff I've made. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I know the parts that I've heard you guys work on have been really awesome. I can't wait to to kind of hear the whole project. So, yeah, you guys have done an awesome job so far with what I've heard.
1: Yeah. Yes, give me more praise. It was all at right. At some point, okay. we'll probably <laughs> talk a bit at some point about the challenges that like we faced with this. Maybe we'll do like a retrospective or something a couple months after we release it. I don't know. Just thinking about, we're... yeah, because <laughs> the, it's the creative process to get to it has not just been, okay, write something and then write music. It is the small things in between of yeah. learning how to set up the tools properly to get you to where you want to go that has been the most challenging for it but because we're getting the tools ready and we're getting the process sort of refined we should we should be able to put out some more stuff with much more haste
3: yeah
0: yeah i feel like once you get the first project done then it's easier to to figure out the rest but trying to figure out the processes for the first one can definitely be really challenging
3: it has been challenging because there's like so many tiny little hiccups that you fall into, then you had no idea that were an actual thing. And then you had to spend three hours of research just going through it. Like, how do I fix this? But all those like procedures are in place now, or most of them are in place that we know of. So hopefully, yeah, again, by the next product.
1: Well, I'd say they're in place for now. And then we'll find like 20 more things that are wrong. <laughs> we're mostly done most composing definitely. all the music for it. We're about 75% through maybe 85% through with the entire thing. Mm hmm. But then, you know, that's rough draft. and you have to go back and you have to do sort of editing and make sure that the narration, we gotta re-record all the narration, we gotta put in mixing and mastering and make sure it all sounds good together and figure out the different ways that we're gonna put it out there into the world, you know, keep it as one long segment, which is what we kind of had planned on it, and then maybe split it up into smaller segments so people could consume it only at like ten minutes at a time, or they can listen to just the music. So, you know, it's a lot more to think about when you want to really create something and release it in as many formats as you possibly can how do you yes. get all that stuff sort of aligned so that it's not just a jumble and you're not just throwing it out there and then hoping something works you gotta plan a little bit ahead of time and that is not something that we've been great at so we're learning
3: <laughs> it's yeah been, a
1: constant learning curve <laughs>
3: yeah 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 exactly i was gonna say to like wrap it up it's been an interesting way to compose to and to narrate really because we want the composing and narrating to work in tandem with each other instead of, oh, this narration and the, is here and the composing was done after the fact. Like We want them really to work, work together, which is why we are re-recording narration and always fine-tuning little bits and pieces in the score. It's been fun, though. It's been a definite challenge, but fun.
1: I'll say that for the narration part specifically, when I was recording narration the first time, I realized, well, I don't know exactly what tone it's going to be when you go ahead and listen to this so I could have narration but then you know the music is supposed to fit the tone of the narration but what if we found some really great way that we wanted to do some you know tiny bit of music and add it to it but the narration's already locked in stone so we went and just recorded the entire narration as a rough draft track and put it in there as just a sort of temporary measure and then as we've been composing we've been chopping it up and um, getting sort of key points and sliding it here and there. will have certain words that we'll want to hit on certain beats for the music. So unlike if you're composing something for video or, you know, any kind of video media, typically you do it post-fact. You don't do composing during the actual editing process. Now, there might be some sort of, you know, temporary track that the editor is using as a guide to their... They're editing for music, but you know, you, you come in after the fact as a composer. This is actually given us a lot of freedom because we are, are now allowed to do both the composing and editing at the same time to just try and get it a little bit more special.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Which we're lucky because we created it. So it's easy for us to do.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting if down the road, uh, we have other people working on it that haven't composed it or haven't, you know, written the story to see, you know, how that integration will work and, you know, what new problems will arise with that as well.
1: Well, hopefully too, if we, if we are dealing with like a fan that writes a story we really love and we want to compose music for it or something, then we should hopefully be able to communicate with them a lot in advance. What, uh, what's the feeling, what's the pacing, you know, how's the narration going to go? And I think because we're learning all those small things now, it'll be so much easier in the future to know what the problems are going to be ahead of time. So that when we approach a situation, we can then go, yes, these are the barriers that we're going to have. How are we going to overcome that? Let's have these long discussions. So, you know, actually, we originally thought, I thought this whole composing process would take about a month. And so far for just the songwriting, it's been about two months. Mm -hmm. And like I said, we're about 85% done with a rough draft. So, you know, in the future, we want to get it down a little bit sooner.
3: But it's also been like having those small little meetings or conversations just to talk about the music and like what
1: direction we want to actually
3: go into it. Like, oh, does this work? I need a second opinion. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, we've been working on it quite a bit too. This is yeah. obviously a, um, very passionate hobby we are trying to make into our career, but you know, we all are busy too. We have work, we have jobs that we have to do. Unfortunately, we can't do this full time yet. So hopefully one day in the future, we will transition into that where our process will be sped up quite a bit because we can spend a 10-hour day composing together as opposed to, you know, four-hour session three or four times a week. Exactly.
0: Well, I was going to say all of the little problems that you're working out along the way have also added to time trying to do this as well. So with trying to figure out those processes, then hopefully, you know, in the future when you do another project. It'll be faster because you've already gotten those processes out of the way.
1: I mean, that's one of the best things about creating something is learning how you messed up and learning what you could do better. And, you know, one of the things that I've heard over and over and over again from any kind of content creator who has been asked by fans, how do you get into this business? How do you how do you become a writer? How do you become, you know, a YouTube like personality or a Twitch streamer or anything? And almost every single time, they're going to say two things. You have to just start doing it, first and foremost. Just try as much as you can. And secondly, you do have to have a bit of luck. You know, you have to be in the right place at the right time if you want to hit it big. But the primary one they always say is just start creating. Because if you don't create, then what is the point? You're not going to hit it big if you don't have anything to show, you know? So, yeah, yeah anybody out there who's who's thinking about doing some creative stuff, just try it. it The process of learning how to get better at it is a lot of fun and quite rewarding. I've had more fun doing this with Tommy, this music production stuff, than I have in most things in a long time.
3: Yeah, I would agree there. And I would, to put another point onto that, don't get discouraged at your early works if you're starting out. Because I know that happened to me, and it was like, I, I started comparing myself to basically everyone that I looked up to and either my teachers or people in the musical field I, I was like I'm not as good as them this isn't as good as they are and I basically that I stopped myself from further practicing and continuing my music and like don't do that like your music's probably going to be bad to start out or your art's going to be bad to start out but that's the beauty in it is you're always like learning you're always improving you're finding out ways you can get better and it feels so good to look at your progress over like the year, for example, you come back and you're like, that's what I started out on and I've gotten better over this year. It's it's a great feeling. It's yeah. a yeah.
1: wonderful feeling. Well, I, I think people got it, Amy. I
0: was gonna say I think the cool thing about art in general and being creative in general is that you do have the freedom to mess up and it's not detrimental to anything. You know, you you it's such a built in thing of like having to learn and relearn and grow constantly. Whereas like, say you're like weightlifting or something, if you mess up, you could severely injure yourself. Whereas if you mess up an art, you're like, that sucks. OK, moving on, trying to do something else, trying to do something different. So I think, you know, being creative is is really fun in that aspect because there is it's more of a positive Negative than it is a negative negative
1: when you mess up. If that makes sense. So what sense. you're saying is because sword swallowing is an art form.
0: <laughs> well, it's like an art for form, it. but just also keep, like a sport. It it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now I, I think it, something you just said, Tommy, is actually really important. You are not the people you compare yourself to. So yeah. stop trying. Like, yeah. Tommy, i just not that I, I good. Know, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so if you kidding, want sorry. to be Hans Zimmer. Think about the decades of experience he's had doing what he does. You don't get to be that level without decades of experience, and you don't Mm -hmm. get to get that experience without just starting and trying. Yeah, So, yes, there's people that can teach you and you can learn a bunch from it. But if you don't create something yourself, regardless of the quality, you, you should never make something to compare it to somebody else. You should always make something to compare it and make it the best that you can make it for yourself. And not for anybody else. If it's the best you can make it for you, then that's great. That is that is the ultimate goal of any artist is to make it so that you enjoy it and it's better. If you're comparing it to somebody else, yeah, that's the wrong way to start.
3: Yeah. It's gonna go wrong so fast. Yeah. Well it's also discouraging.
1: Beethoven got nothing on us, Tommy. I
3: was
0: gonna say it's it's also discouraging too, like for yourself if you automatically compare yourself to other people, you're never going to start because you're like, well, I'm not as good as them. So I might as well not even try. And that's even worse because now you're not only denying yourself the opportunity to learn and grow in something that you enjoy, but you're potentially denying the opportunity to share your passion and your creativity with those around you that might impact them way more than you think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Cool. That was a fun little sidebar missy how are you doing today this week Uh, i have no life so nothing new
1: how's the olympics
2: um it's done today i still have a lot of um videos to catch up on so i think the paralympics starts is it next week is it like right after yeah it's always right
0: after it's always held back to back i thought it was like a month after or something
2: I don't. I don't know if it's like a month after, or a week after, or two weeks. It's very close.
1: Now, actually, I don't know. Is it in the same location? Yes. Is it in China yeah. as well?
0: Okay. Yeah, they're all the Paralympics are. Yeah, uh, the Paralympics are usually always the same place. It's just you know right after. I, yeah, I and actually it didn't. Starts in a week uh, and a half. To be honest, week I did half. not
1: know there was a Winter Paralympics. I never. I didn't. It's not something that crossed my mind. But it's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, I guess oh, yes. I'm just.
0: Fascinating seeing what people are able to do. I like the
2: like the hockey yeah, so cool. they're able to overcome
3: like and the, yeah it's so cool. The
2: seated thing that that people who are paralyzed or maybe missing a limb or a foot or something. hockey is played in a seated position on these rigged I don't know what they're called. I have no idea, but it's really fascinating to watch.
1: I will say my my ignorance to the Paralympics isn't because I don't care. It's that because I don't care about sports in general, I don't really oh, watch anything. Like I don't that, like so. sports, <laughs> yeah. but for whatever
2: yeah. reason, I like the Olympics.
1: So, there's a couple events that I, I enjoy.
2: Although most of the I time, think, sports uh, don't, especially with the Winter Olympics, they don't. They're not things you normally would get to watch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah.
3: And it's a, a huge variety within whatever you are watching.
2: And there's also. It's a positive experience. I feel like a lot of times sports, yeah. especially in the United States, have become so negative, And that has really turned me off to them. It's just this arrogant showcasing of what they can do. And there's a lot of just dumb crap going on. Whereas in the Olympics, there's a lot of really strict rules. It's just more of a, it's a coming together.
0: Yeah, it does make sports a lot more fun when it's not, you're just coming together as like this, the fans, but like the fans and all of the. Sportsmen, mm-hmm. I guess well the Olympians but whatever the Olympians yeah 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 everybody it feels like everybody's a part of it everybody's coming together rather than yeah mm-hmm. just like an individual like oh
2: man there's a crappy game I can't believe and you're like I'm oh, okay. watching the athletes <sighs> care about other athletes who are from different nations is really heartwarming especially again mm-hmm. in the US where you've got athletes disparaging athletes from other teams
0: Which I'm sure that there is that going on still. Yeah, I'm sure. But it's not the forefront of what's going on. That's not what gets highlighted. Yes, exactly. So today I wanted to talk about kids' books or kids entertainment, if you will. And I thought it'd be fun to take some of our favorite movies or TV shows and see how we could sort of transform them into (laughs) child-friendly storyline or entertainment. Because I think that there's a lot of entertainment that we talk about on here, but a huge part of entertainment is also for children. But None of us are children. I mean, at heart and mentally, I guess. But I think it'd be just an interesting discussion to see, you know, where where that goes, and and how if it's even possible to take sort of mainstream media and entertainment and turn it into sort of a child's
1: child show. Well, let's define some stuff first of all. We don't have to be like this is the parameters we work in. Oh yeah. (laughs) But what makes children's entertainment? I guess what are some key elements that you see when you've seen. And I guess first thing we should talk about is what are we talking when we say children? Because the older I get, the more I think children are in their early 20s.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of adults who are in their 50s and 60s who are also children.
1: Are we talking about like grade school kids or? Yeah, grade school, kids, school Yeah. Oh.
0: Yeah, elementary school is a good age. Yeah. I think a lot of times, you know, I did do a lot of babysitting and nannying. In my day. And a lot of what the kids really enjoyed was when there was lots of colors, when there was songs, and when there was like animals. Like those are like the three things that I noticed that really hooked kids in. Especially if there's a song because then they just want to sing it over and over and they want to watch that part over and over again. But I mean, just in general, I think having something silly and fun with lots of bright colors usually (laughs) hooks kids' attention.
2: I think for the older kids having... Even the really little ones, but has to be more subtle. Having a a lesson, a moral, a point, something that they can learn to help with their development. It doesn't have to be like, today's math lesson is blah, blah, blah. But it could be a a lesson in morality, that type of
0: thing. Actually, that's a good thought process. Do you think that a lot, because thinking back to like the stuff that I watched when I was a kid, I don't really remember retaining any of those morality things that were presented to me Do you think it is like, do you think it's more for the benefit of the parents having their kids watch this stuff? Or do you think that the kids actually retain those lessons? They
2: don't necessarily remember that this animal taught me that sharing is caring, (laughs) but they will remember that word sharing or the concept of sharing on an unconscious level. Those ideas get in there and they get presented not just once but over and over throughout the different shows that that kids watch and even like within the same shows you're going to find the same you know lessons and like those morals that that you want to instill in children you're going to find those over and over so the children are going to pick up on those ideas those concepts and carry it with them even if they don't remember the specific lesson they learned it in
0: so what you're saying is subliminal messaging is the key to children's entertainment. That
1: is not. Well, what this, I- this is more very <laughs> bliminal messaging. <Yes. laughs>
2: I'm not flashing sharing is caring in between the the scenes. Yeah. I'm telling you straight up, sharing is caring.
1: I think some a lot of those ideas like kids just hear like, "Oh, okay, I should share my cookies." I guess thinking of cookies like I learned that C stands for cookies mm. from sesame seeds. <laughs> good Street, enough so for me. Let's those, go messages, to... <laughs> yeah, those messages do get through. Mm-hmm. It's probably at the same time when you're just developing in general. Mm-hmm. And I think that. A lot of the messages that I got out of, you know, young kids cartoons is, you know, treat everybody fairly and, you know, things aren't always what they seem. Somebody might seem really angry and maybe they had a bad day, so you shouldn't judge them. Like, there's a lot of those small messages that I think do shape you overall. I bet if we watched children's content that said only the strong will survive and warriors (laughs) are the only way (laughs) to, you know, be, I'm sure that that's how we would have grown up and been like, oh, I, I have to be a warrior. You know, it's
3: probably not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: So I I guess then when we're talking about turning something into children's content, is it the children's content that we have consumed in the past and that sort of style?
2: Okay, think about it this way. If be a warrior and fight for your people is the the lesson you're trying to tell them, that's still a lesson. It's still a moral you're trying to instill in them. It's just different than the type that maybe we would. I think there's always the best ones are always still going to have a point that they want the children to learn it's just what is that point what direction are you trying to shape that child into
0: Hmm. i think when thinking about it because you were saying how like if someone's angry it doesn't necessarily mean that they they could just be having a bad day the a running thing theme that i have seen with a lot of children's entertainment is even if there's like a quote-unquote villain it's because They're they're still redeemable, even if they Mm. are a villain. Whereas like a lot of time in more adult media, no, they're scumbags because they're a villain. Screw them. They have to die. Um, So I think it's interesting that like a children's entertainment kind of portrays that like you need to give everybody a chance even if they haven't done the best things in the past, they can still be redeemable. I do like that. They
2: tend to go more towards the adults focus on bad people, right? Whereas kids stuff focuses on bad behavior.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess if we're trying to translate media that we enjoy now into children's entertainment, it could be stuff from our past. Mike, like you were saying, it could be. St- I mean, I guess what do you what do you mean by our past? Because I don't think besides like graphics, I don't know that it's necessarily tra- changed much. The messaging.
1: Well, I one thing I have noticed from the very limited amount of children's content that I consume nowadays, because you know, don't have kids that it it is sped up quite a bit you know it's a lot faster a lot more cuts it's competing for their attention a lot more especially in a world where you can instead of just being stuck in front of a television with like two channels you now have access to youtube and a lot of it makes a little bit less sense Mm -hmm. from what i've seen a little more chaotic bright flashy colors crazy characters and just much more rapid pace than when you know I grew up in the
2: overstimulation. 90s. But I yes, I would also truly, say yeah. that the same is true with adult content. I mean, look at what mm-hmm. look at what counted as a a quality blockbuster movie back in you know the late eighties, early nineties, an hour forty five minute, and it was you know had a kind of a straightforward plot, and boom, boom, boom. And now, like, look how long the movies are, and how. Big and crazy and insane—the plots are. I I think it's a a trend right across the board. Simple stories no longer are enough.
0: Mm. Yeah, you need like a hook Mm. to to get your attention almost
1: because of that sort of
0: ADD. Well, maybe not ADD. Is not the right word, but that
1: just lowered attention in general mm, or lowered attention span. And I wouldn't say ADD. The
2: instant gratification need.
0: Well, I guess okay. So so the question that i presented we can look at it differently we can look at it as like if we were to create something just not even related to media that we enjoy like turning you know star wars into kids stuff or whatever if we were us as a a group to make something for a younger generation for for children how how do you think that we would go about doing that
1: for children audiences only yeah okay because i believe star wars is for children I'm just an adult child, children, so. <laughs> I,
0: I just, I couldn't think of a, of a thing. And I just automatically thought of Star yeah, Wars. No, 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 it's a go-to <laughs> constantly and forever in my mind.
2: Well, I actually. I think,
1: I, oh, oh, go ahead, Missy. I was
0: going to say, I
2: actually do have an example of taking something made for adults and turning it into children content. Do it. Go, go, go. So my favorite show, *Battlestar Galactica. It wasn't <laughs> Star Wars. It wasn't Star Trek, but it is a star. <laughs>
0: Uh we like all the stars here in the gilligan household
2: so the main villains in Battlestar galactica are the cylons and i would change the cylons into bullies and i would make it a lesson about overcoming teasing and bullying and finding friends and allies with those who are around you and and learning how to trust one another because trust is a, a big theme throughout the series like You don't know if that person's going to be a Cylon or not. So you don't know if that person's going to betray you and be a bully. But Mm. just treating people good, because even if they have bully tendencies, like the Cylons who were treated well, betrayed one another instead of their humans, you know? So that's how I would childify
0: it.
2: Childify
0: it. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Now, Okay, what would you do visually? Keep it all the same? Have it that gritty, realistic um, I mean, <laughs> zoom-in cameras?
2: <laughs> you could. I think dark that's and a,
1: mysterious. <laughs>
0: I, it's all children.
2: <laughs> I think when you had that high action, like changing the camera around thing, it, you wind up losing the narrative, especially for a child. They're just focusing on the the movement, the action, the noise, the lights. I would slow it down a little bit. Maybe I would brighten the tone because it tends to be a dark show. That's racist So saturation level (laughs) (laughs) change. I might make some of the uniforms a little more diverse so you could really tell what different characters did, what their roles were. Have a little bit less complicated sets so there wasn't as much to focus on, like to distract you in the sets, but really allow you to focus. I would also make the ships very distinct. Like, Oh, yeah, that's a good one. a a way you could tell the various pilots apart obviously by their call sign that's painted on the side of their fighters but instead I would probably paint each fighter a different color so you know oh that's that person flying through the sky and oh you know like hot dog paint his ship like a hot dog you know oh yeah Like yeah. <laughs> you should have a hot dog shaped ship actually exactly things <laughs> that can make it a little more fun and engaging for the kids but make it easier for them to follow what's going on
0: mm. would you still have like the mission of them trying to find earth but like not as like depressing
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because like, making them you can tie that back into positive environmentalism, right? Like the idea that their homes were all in bad shape, and they were looking for Earth and Earth is the perfect planet, right, that they're trying to find. It's where they come from. And they They value it and you can instill that idea of valuing our planet that there might be other planets out there, but we live on the best one and we need to take care of it.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to watch this now. (laughs) 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 Now, would it be live action or would it be cartoony?
2: That's where I'm not sure. A lot of franchises tend to go cartoony. Like look at Star Wars, they went with the Clone Wars and it's very cartoony. But I tend to really like live action. So, I guess it depends upon specifically what section of, of childhood you're focusing on. If that one's more like fifth graders, then you can get away with live action. But
1: No, I, I think you can do live action really well. You just need a lot more Muppets. Yeah. Like, oh. if you mix that in, I mean, Sesame oh, yeah. Street, you yeah, know? That's, that's That was true. meant for children, like little, little kids. Mm-hmm. And there was live action. Well, I mean, they had cartoons. And
2: I mean, I thought stuff, of, of puppetry because you could all, make all of the Cylons puppets but um, <laughs> which would make it are you actually hilarious. a puppet oh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know put more humor into it the the humor in Ballastar Galactica's is sarcasm which i feed yeah. off
0: of so i really enjoyed it probably less politics as well oh yeah you I can get that all that apparently.
2: i mean you have playground politics that's a legit thing so you just change the the purpose of it
0: yeah yeah i mean it'd be it'd be more simple like like when they're casting their votes it would be like who do you want to be the employee of the month, or something yeah. silly like that? What's the
2: thing that they have the the teacher's aid or something every week? It's a different. You guys remember that in school? Like you be mm. the the teacher? Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That I remember in school. What they did is they actually drew your name out of like a hat. Mm-hmm. But then once your name was drawn out, it stayed. It out wouldn't go. Yeah, it stayed out until everyone was done, and then mm-hmm. they put them all back in
2: yeah you could the best student award or the most helpful student award yeah 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 you can do stuff like that or actually the best teacher award you're all voting for your favorite teacher yes (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: your favorite your favorite captain who's the favorite Mm -hmm. captain or something like that no, Missy, that's awesome. That's I, I will say, like, I tried to think of it for Pirates of the Caribbean and I could not come up with anything. I was like, maybe it's like a fun, silly, there's like a, a tiger as one of the captains and or something. It would probably be like way more animated.
3: Pirates. Okay,
2: how would we do Pirates of the Caribbean, guys?
3: It would- I mean, I think it's mostly already
1: there.
2: <laughs> Don't steal other people's milk money. Oh,
1: no, yo. You, yeah. Is there
0: a lot of milk on the high seas, though?
1: I mean, why is the milk
0: gone? Oh, <laughs>
1: oh there we go. Oh, Michael, Michael
3: <laughs> Motors. Why is the milk always gone? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say it could be more about a show where they're exploring new islands and meeting new people and like discovering new boats and like instead of having a fight with like cannonballs it could be like water guns or something like that
2: the little paper things in the straw
0: oh yeah yeah like little spitballs or whatever yeah. yeah but just something more about exploring and meeting new friends and learning about new cultures that that was more of the idea that I had. So kind of like a Dora the Explorer vibe, but on the high seas. Yeah, but uh, you, uh, I would say not actually like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> more adventurous. I feel like Dora is very much like, hello, today we're trying to get this. We have to find these three things. And then there's swiper and don't swipe. So I don't really remember much of Dora to me. Yeah, I would Lots
1: say. Lots of w- yelling. She had a
2: backpack and there was Spanish <laughs> backpack, that I learned. Backpack. So that is a good show for you could meet different cultures Spanish. as you
0: travel around
2: different islands in the Caribbean
0: yeah the no, no. so it kind of it would kind of um move <laughs> the storyline of Pirates of the Caribbean away from Pirates of the Caribbean but I think it would you could still have a fun sort of piratey kid show using Captain Jack as maybe he's the one that gets all all he's the one that you know gets into a bunch of shenanigans and a bunch of kids have to like help him figure it out Cause that's what I feel like a lot of kid shows do, where they like teach yeah. the adult the lesson as well. Yeah, it's
2: that reverse psychology thing. The
0: adult doesn't yeah. know
2: what to do, but you do.
0: Yes,
3: yeah.
2: And we're gonna help teach you what you do you know. Tell me, what's your favorite
3: movie? Well, <laughs> I actually kind of came up. I I took a video game. I took the most violent video game that I love, which is Doom Eternal, right? And I'm gonna turn the Doom game into a kids game about adding and subtracting all right and all the enemies all the enemies are numbers and in your arsenal of weapons is your you have weapons from one to nine on your keyboard right so that's the numbers that you're using and you have to fill in the blank space for this problem do you select what number it is and you're like oh i got it but the catch is, I'm not changing the music at all because this has to be a cool kids' game. <laughs> so it's going to be yes. metal, Subtra- adding and subtracting metal. Like, I also want to play
2: that. Learning to do That's math incredible. under anxiety.
3: Yes, exactly. Well, because I remember <laughs> in class, they would always have like these timed addition and subtraction problems where you're like, the
2: math drills.
3: Yeah, do, do 100 addition problems in two minutes or something like that. Oh, that's kinda, so I want it to be more of like a timed thing where you have metal playing and you're like, oh my gosh, one, oh, seven, oh, nineteen. <laughs> like and you're just you're just doing that the entire time.
2: I learned I think that would be fun. From those not to actually get better at math, but to get better at being strategic about approaching things. Cause I would scan through and skip all the ones that seemed hard and just go straight for the easy ones. Oh yeah. And yeah. I get there as many go. as I could.
1: I, I just wouldn't do it.
2: Mike's like, make me that do work. I dare you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, oh, I took a two minute nap. I'm sorry. I totally missed the drill.
1: So when you are subtracting these enemies, Tommy, when you get like a really hard problem and you've subtracted, do they just like explode in a pile of blood and gore? <laughs> or is it like confetti? How, yeah. I don't know. See, I didn't think about that that far.
3: I feel like it should be glitter. Should just yeah. be glitter. Oh, it's it like confetti from Halo. Everywhere now. Confetti,
2: but the confetti is like decorated with little scientific math symbols. Oh yeah, All it's the like the subtraction, addition.
0: There, yeah, there you go.
1: Is it yeah. like the grunt birthday party in Halo, where yes, you solve it? Like,
3: absolutely yay! is. <laughs> yeah. <I> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, one of the lines from Doom uh,
3: Doom is "rip and tear until it's done," and now it's add and subtract until it's done, and then and you just have that metal the entire time. (laughs) I honestly (laughs) think it would be really fun because you have you can't just do a math game that is adding and subtracting. You got to have something a catch to it, you know. And I feel like uh, that's probably
0: more middle school level. Yes, it's definitely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: middle middle school, late elementary. And the, well, I mean, like, come on. You're learning, you're game. adding and subtracting like addition tables in first grade. It's got to be first graders. The harder it gets,
2: it's <laughs> you can do like, multiplication and, and division things. Like, there's different levels.
0: Oh, yeah. The, the bosses is like it's like multiple
3: multiplication. Stages. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> this is a hard boss. You could just yeah. keep
2: adding new and new additions to the game until you get to like AP stat to metal and.
3: Exactly,
1: yeah. trigonometry, yeah, of, like, addition and subtraction. It's like exponents and I don't know some other kind of Matrices. crazy thing. That's that's
3: that's. You have to do yeah
1: PEMDAS, and you're like, oh gosh, quadratic PEM equations. There you go. There you go.
3: Logarithmic scales. Well, but oh, in my kid's game, yeah. the more you become an adult, the more blood and guts there are.
2: <laughs> ah, so if you can pass these levels, <sighs> it gives you more. uh graphic
3: nature yes
2: because so the harder I mean, the math the more the gore yeah if
3: you really if you really think about or at least this is how i felt when i was a kid i was a stupid kid that loved blood and gore that was so much fun and you give me a game that has metal in it and it's adding and subtracting i could be like mom and dad it's simple i'm just adding and subtracting this is a great game and they'll be like absolutely and then the older I grow, the more violent it gets, and I still love it. If
2: you can handle pre-calc, <laughs> you can handle guts spilling out onto the floor.
3: Exactly.
1: Oh. <laughs> exactly. I've got a people? visitor, y'all. A visitor? Is it
3: my wife? <laughs> it is. It's your wife? Wow. You're married? Congrats. Bye, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I-, I God That's the visitor. Aaron's <laughs> yeah, gone, but Louis Louis found
1: his way back. <laughs> Oh, I guess... She just let him in and left, so <laughs> He's like, I'm out, bye. Life's the best. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here is my idea for taking yeah. adult media. Imagine this. The year is 1984. A young Amy Poehler plays Sarah, a waitress in a diner. Her day is going about normal when Dwayne Johnson, playing Kyle, comes into the diner and tackles her just as Mr. Bean, playing the Terminator, starts throwing water balloons at her and then what? dwayne johnson's like come with me if you want to live and then they they run off and the entire thing is mr bean really doesn't like amy polar and he just wants to throw water balloons at her <laughs> the terminator as a kids movie what yeah <laughs> this is a great kids movie i want to watch what
0: is, is is he actually a robot mr bean
1: I mean, he's Mr. Bean. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> How many amazing situations could you get in where he just like messes up totally as the Terminator? <laughs> oh, that would and be fun. Dwayne Johnson's charm just is like, yeah, I got this. It's easy. It'd be fun. <laughs> oh my God.
0: I love the build up to that, too. That yeah. was nice. You were yeah. like, you was like a trailer
3: almost. Yeah, that was really. In good.
0: a world. <laughs> So, okay. So if we, to go back to my other question, if we were to make media, now that we've kind of discussed media that is already out there, if we were to make something, 1L2N were to make something for children, how do you think we should go about doing that? What, what, What kind of story or what kind of music do you think they would enjoy in our realm? Well,
1: I think as Missy was kind of getting at before, I think the characters should be really colorful you know, very distinct so that you know what each character is so there's not a lot of blending together. Mm. And colorful not only in, like, actual color, but I meant in personality. Distinct
2: personalities. You know? mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of over the top. Very easy to determine who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, who is the nervous kid, who is the adventurous one. Like, those clear distinctions between personalities would probably help kids a little bit more. I, I, I could be wrong. I feel like
3: having two simple things, alliteration and rhyming in like all naming schemes, Mm. not like all of them, you don't have those two qualifiers, but you know, some of them, it's like Papa Pizza. Yeah. Papa (laughs) Pizza. And you're like, oh my goodness. That's the name. Devious Dave. And you're like, oh no, it's Devious (laughs) Dave. (laughs) Like just. Papa Pizza,
0: help rescue us from Devious Dave.
3: (laughs) See? Already. I'm funding the show right now.
0: Okay, so what we do is mostly auditory. So mm-hmm. how would we do that auditorily? That I I'm words of great at them.
1: Silly voices, definitely. Silly voices. Yeah. But you know, again, clear, distinct, silly voices.
0: Lots of uh fun songs to put in there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Type of stuff that are easy to learn and sing along.
1: Energetic songs for the most part, because I remember this is one thing. I I used to love watching musicals growing up because they're so much fun. And especially if you look at like the classic golden era of Hollywood musicals, there's so yeah. many of them. And there there's so many interesting ones. Like Singing in the Rain is just a lot of fun. But they always had that one song, which was the slow song, which as an adult I appreciate. But as a kid, I hated oh, it. I did not mm-hmm. care. I just wanted the fast action songs, the fun stuff and not the... You know, slow, boring. Like sound of so. music.
2: I always want to fast forward through Edelweiss, but now today mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's such a good
1: song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's for different audiences at that point, but I definitely think that I would, I, I would enjoy, or I think kids would enjoy more upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. And if they're slower songs, they need to be um, a, a still a fun catchiness to it.
2: Silly. It could be slow and silly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. That's a good idea.
3: I feel like, Veggie Tales is the perfect example yeah, of songs. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I will say a lot of times the only things I really remember from kids stuff are the songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they just are they're so, so ingrained in my brain. Especially Veggie because we watch them so much. But like yeah, those we were
3: did. legitimate good compositions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They aren't the like nightmarish compositions where you're parents want to die listening to it as well. Like, they're <laughs> stuff that the kids and the parents both enjoy because they're very well-made. <laughs> they're silly. Yeah.
2: Heck, they yeah. even had a break in the middle of every episode for silly songs.
3: <laughs> yeah, this is true. So many good... Uh,
0: Barbara Manatee!
2: manatee. <laughs> oh, yeah. And now it's time for silly songs with The part of the show. where he comes out and sings a silly song. <laughs> Why do
0: we know this so well? <laughs> uh. Because it was done so well, it's ingrained it was done. in, it really in was. our minds. Well, I guess that that's another thing as well. Because you were talking about parents can enjoy stuff too. I think a good, like good children's media, is something that if a parent is going to have to watch it multiple times because mm-hmm. their kids going to be like, yeah, one more time, one more time. It's got to be entertaining for them as well. It's got to be something that they also enjoy. The focus should be on kids, but it's fun for all ages. Yes. Which is the original idea behind My Little Pony was they wanted to have, like the, the newer My Little Pony, they wanted to have it so that they... Do stories based off of the Terminator and stories based off of Star Trek and Star Wars and like all of these little things that if you're watching it as an adult, you're like, oh, they put that in. And it was so that when the parents had to watch it with their kids, they could enjoy it. And then it wound up being kind of more of a adult audience wound up enjoying the show anyways. But it was it's a it's still technically a children's show, but they've done it so well that more of an adult audience is now obsessed with it.
2: They have all those little hidden gems that are going to go right over kids' heads. Yes,
0: yeah. But the adults will pick up on it. Exactly, exactly. So I think that's probably a good, a good thing for children's media is like to make it enjoyable for anybody who's watching it, even though the target audience are kids.
2: Well, I think if we're going to make something, we should make our thing to focus on what we love and that's story writing and art. So maybe we write something that gets like piques that little interest in in writing books or painting stories or making music that's different than just I want to be in a band or I want to make a movie when I grow up like getting kids curious about the creative process.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and like we were saying in the very beginning of the podcast about how you know there's going to be a lot of you know trial and error and a lot of making mistakes but learning from that so you know we could use that and put it into a kid being frustrated that their painting isn't as good as Susie's or whatever and it's like that's okay like how do you get good at it you have to try and try again kind of instilling those lessons that we're teaching ourselves mm-hmm. you know in into a kids media
2: no one starts out with just this innate ability to do something wonderfully that it yeah. takes practice and work to get at something. But practice doesn't have to be boring. It can be fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it'd be kind of like a, we'll do like a radio play, but for kids. Like, uh what is it? Captain something? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like Patch you the know Pirate? Or- Patch the Pirate. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of like more religious lessons, it'll be more. Artistic lessons. artistic lessons yeah, yeah yeah there you go or
1: just general morality <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah just general morality as well yes no but if we're Don't focusing on their the arts, painting
2: just because you think theirs is better than yours
0: yes yeah exactly i think that would actually be kind of fun for all of us to try to do that just as a you know to try see what would happen sure mike's like please no please no no
1: no i mean i <laughs> i think that um if you want to start i think we could revisit my fairy tale project we could have Frank be a main character. Oh, uh, he okay. works with kids really well. There you go.
2: Does he though? Yeah, <laughs> he know. works with kids or around
1: kids. But no, yeah, I, 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 I am totally about it. I think if you want to tell a kid's tale, then that is something that you should do. But if it's something that doesn't interest you too much, then maybe don't focus on it.
0: Oh no, I, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: I do want to tell you know, stories that everybody could be entertained by. But more along going back to the, the Star Wars thing, I think that that is very good for children. There are very scary moments in it. You know, the Rancor was terrifying as a child, but I still watched it and I liked the rest of it. And that that was something that I could watch in general and be very entertained by as a young age or an old age. That's what I'm more interested in as opposed to strictly child. But I will I will help you guys create it it's totally fine
0: i meant it more as just a challenge to ourselves to see if we could do it i'm not saying we should turn one l two N into a child's media industry
1: it depends do the kill the children subscribe to patreon
2: there's a lot <laughs> <laughs> If they have access to their mom That's and true. dad's credit card
3: yeah <laughs> there, you there, there you go
2: no i just kids if you are listening do not take your mom and dad's credit card that is very 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 bad and we're trying to teach you good things not bad things
1: and if you do, just give it to us. We'll return it to them. It's not a problem.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you could just put it back where you found it when no one's looking. And it's all good. We won't tell them.
0: Now, Liam, as the youngest of our group, what resonates with you? I understand you were not a kid. But what would, do you think would resonate with you media-wise? Murder. Okay.
3: All right. Yeah. I was going to say, come on. Just, just watch this Game of Thrones. He
0: is
2: my
3: <laughs> child.
0: It's a fire show. I think the best way to give, to, to feed, to force feed, to shove something down a child's throat would be, like, do the opposite of show, not tell. Just, like, you tell them what's gonna happen, what
1: they're gonna do, then they you, proceed to do it, and then you tell, and then you just tell them again what they just did. You know what I'm saying?
2: The three-part, oh. like... The old like you tell someone what's going to happen, and then you go through the it's happening, and then you kind of recap what just happened. That's
0: actually yeah, that happens in like every child show ever. Yeah. All right. Well, you're the head director then. I've Let's go. I am
2: yeah. Liam. Children's book. I want it on my desk by what's, Friday.
3: What's the f- yeah? What's the first subject? Murder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're doubling down on murder. Murder is bad though. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not <laughs> why you shouldn't murder your parents. Today we're actually learning about a murder of crows. So oh, around there you go.
0: Yeah, I mean it could be like a tongue-in-cheek sort of book where it's like, this book's Murders. about murder, but then it's all about, you
1: know, a group of crows. <laughs> and it's just like the little crows are like
0: doo-doo doo hopping around, having adventures. Me,
1: it'd be more entertaining if it was like I don't know if the exact word would be double entendres, but something where adults understood it one way and kids understood it the other. And to kids, it was like this happy, fun story. And then to adults, it's actually about murder. And to <laughs> it's kids like it's horrifying. Of crows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's about
3: a murder of crows, mm-hmm. but it's about their hunting patterns. There you go. Boom. They're actually murdering. It's
2: about a group of crows flying around and the
0: adults who murder them. Uh, ad- like human adults or adult crows murdering other
2: I don't know. It's got layers. So many layers. We'll work workshop, we'll workshop <laughs> it. We'll workshop it.
0: Taking off. Can call the book "M" is for murder. M well, for okay, years. on that really fun exciting note Missy I think we're going to wrap up today thank you everyone for listening to us what are some things that you would do what what would be your selected piece of media that you would transform into a child's story or child's media let us know hit us up on 1L2N Productions we are on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit and if you like what we're doing and children if you want to support our show so that we can make more content for you uh, please head on over to our Patreon and uh, show us some love there that'd be much appreciated thank you please go ask
2: your parents the hell oh yeah credit card number
3: (laughs) (laughs) we need the expiration date and those special three digits on the back and boom patreon support
0: (laughs) oh boy well the last word of the day goes to okay well i rolled myself twice so it's me
3: fucking rigged Rigged. Do, 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 do you want me to roll third no, time? I'll roll no, third time. I'm just saying, it's rigged. Rigged. Amy, Amy just go. Amy.
1: Okay. Rigged.
0: When it comes to creativity, let yourself fail and have fun.
1: an 11 year older amy poehler (laughs) is in jail (laughs) her young son also played by dwayne johnson (laughs) with little boy shorts is is being a bad kid i'm
3: not gonna let you finish yet amy would this be dwayne johnson Johnson as like just his head on a child's body oh my gosh yeah (laughs) it's like a walking bobblehead good (laughs) it's
1: beautiful (laughs) i love this and then all of a sudden dressed as a cop john cena shows up (laughs) ready to protect and out of nowhere mr bean throws a water balloon and smack right into john cena how do you hit john (laughs) cena Mr. Bean's that good.
2: Yeah, because John Cena would be the bad guy in this, and Mr. Bean would be the good guy. And you're expecting him to throw a water balloon at the young Dwayne. Yep. But instead, he spins around and throws it at the cop behind him.
1: You're like, oh, yeah, John Cena's the new good guy, but no, no.
2: Come with me if you want to stay dry.